I want to take us on a little side quest. Goku's one of the greatest anime heroes of all time. He's badass. He's awesome. Dude, hands down, Final Fantasy VII wins every day. How could you not love the Mario Brothers movie? Robocop kicks everyone else's ass. And that's why Superman sucks. Oh, the Velociraptors kick ass in Jurassic Park every single day. Oop, went on a bit of a rant there, huh? Welcome back, everybody, to the SideQuest Podcast. Don't call us inconsistent. We've been on and off the last couple weeks. It's summertime. We're trying to get out, enjoy the fun, and enjoy family and friends. And then, obviously, we want to come back to you all and let you know what's going on. So we appreciate you all catching up on our previous episodes. We've seen a lot of activity. I mean, we've had hundreds of downloads every single week. We do appreciate all the support. So for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, Welcome to the SideQuest Podcast. My name's Eric. I've got Justin here. Uh, we're missing our third compadre. His name's Jeff. He's out for the evening, but that's okay. We're going to keep trucking forward. So, Justin, welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? Bien, gracias. Hola, mi amigo. ¿Cómo estás? Oh, boy. Uh-oh. We are now on the map in Mexico. I'm super excited. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm good. ¿Cómo está bien en two? Ah, uh, 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 in Espanol, por favor. Oops, guacamole beans farts. I, I don't. I, that's as much. That's as much, much Spanish. <laughs> How was your Fourth of July? I know we couldn't connect, and we wanted to, but uh, seems like it was a good time your way. Yeah, heck yeah, man! It was a good Fourth of July. A uh, lot of partying going on. A lot of randomness, but uh, overall, hey, celebrate the independence of our country by blowing up a small portion of it. How was yours? Oh, just as good. The food, the people, the surroundings. It was just a great fun time, and the weather was really good, uh, really nice here in Chicagoland, so hopefully hopefully everybody else out there listening had a great 4th of July. I know, uh, like you said, blowing shit up. I wish, I don't know why Illinois is so strict on that shit with, like, you know, not having fireworks. Like, every state that surrounds us is totally cool with it, but not Illinois. Why Why do we have the parents that are like, well, you have to be home by 10, and everybody else gets to stay out till midnight? It's not fair, man. It's not, not fair. fair. Not fucking fair. But with that, let's just jump into our straight, straight main quest. Straight into our main quest. First one of the day. I want to talk some movies with you, Justin. Uh, one thing that I've, you know, I never really paid attention to, but I kind of do at the same time. Rotten Tomatoes scores. So this, I'm not going to say it came out of the blue. It's been around for quite some time. Uh, and now, I guess, let's say within the past ooh, 10 years, maybe a little a little more than that, it seems to have really like been a marketing factor in you know whether or not a movie's doing well or not doing well. And typically within that first week of release... Like, they will sit there and wait for it to hit a high score so that whatever movie just came out can say, oh, we've got a 98% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So, to sum up my main quest for you, Justin, does the Rotten Tomato score affect which movies you go out and see? Oh, it does in a way that, like, one, a movie says to me in their advertising, 98% Rotten Tomato score. I say to them, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'm so happy that was your answer. Um, I don't. I don't like. I think it's. I think it's a worthless scale for the quality of a movie to depend solely on audience reaction. Because I, I know it weighs critic reaction and audience. It does does a bunch of different factors, but to me, it does jack shit. Yeah. Okay. Good point. I mean, to me, I. I if I want to go see a movie, I'm going to go see the movie. I could give two shits about what critics are saying. I could give two shits of what Rotten Tomatoes is saying. Maybe I know I'm walking into a shit show. Like, let's just say it's like, a, I don't know, like a Pineapple Express movie. Just like it's a dumb stoner comedy. And, I mean, are people that are grading this thing not realizing, like, huh, I thought I was walking into Hamlet, and it turned out to be this buddy cop stoner movie. So, yeah, it's rotten to me. Like, like who are th who are these people that decide? You know, I I guess I'm just I, I just don't know who these people are that get to decide what the score is and why they are allowed to do so. You know, like I get it, movie critics—they've been around since fucking movies existed. But 
you know, they have there there's no way any one critic out there is completely unbiased towards any movie genre. That's it's just not possible. Like is it? Am I wrong? You are wrong. You are <laughs> most certainly wrong. <laughs> no. Okay, no, 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 no. But no, you you bring up a great point and so so two counterpoints. One, I would I would say Siskel and Ebert always did an excellent job of being unbiased. Some of the movies that Ebert liked were just kind of like Really? You gave that three point five stars, and some of the ones that he hated, of like one star for like My Girl, is just like, did we watch the same movie, guy? <laughs> um, but so no, I think I, I obviously, you know, being being Chicago and uh, born and bred gentlemen, uh, <laughs> feel that we can be positive towards what Cisco and Ebert, mostly Ebert, Cisco, meh, um, he's second place. Yeah, or even third place. Maybe Roper is better. Who knows? I don't <laughs> even follow them anymore. No. Um, but the other thing too, like that, I think audience, if you don't know, studios plant reviews. They pay critics to give them positive reviews. Like that's yeah real. That's kind of so you can't that's even judge. Right. It is when you so you can't even judge. It's like. Oh, you know, Steve Austin from the Boston Globe gave this 18,000 stars out of four because <laughs> I got a blowy during it. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Damn, what movie theater did he go to? Shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree. I, I've definitely seen those those advertisements or those quick little hits of like, the, you know, they always use like the very broad terms. They don't get detailed. Like, it's always like, this was thrilling and exhilarating and edge of my seat. And it was like <laughs> fucking who knows what, just like the minions, right? Like, okay, clearly you never watched the minions. You just probably popped in the theater, sat on your phone the whole time, and then just were paid what? 2000 bucks to write that. Um, and I think that's bullshit. I mean, at least critics, I can understand where you're coming from. Like they, they go into it unbiased. They watch it for what it is. And I guess I got to give them some credit because they don't just, get to watch the movies that are probably going to be popular. Like I remember <laughs> like e Siskel and Ebert or Ebert and Roper at the time, it was just like a Saturday morning when, it, when the show was actually on and they were, they were scoring basically every new movie that just came out. They were like, and let's talk next about Scooby-Doo and the mystery Island. You know, like they had to <laughs> sit through that kid's movie and literally give it a grading as if it wasn't, you know, some, bullshit kids movie that you know hopefully they're never gonna have to see again or nobody asked them to watch again but like they had to put their dues in because they didn't just get to watch whatever movie they wanted they had to watch all of them and that that oh, would yeah. be a really tough gig so i guess i got to give them some credit back some little points back some popcorn buckets back um because i don't think i could do that would you be able to watch every single movie that came out to critique it it would be difficult and like you were saying earlier it would be difficult to not be biased like you know, you're a grown ass adult and you have to sit through, I don't know, baby's day out. <laughs> yeah. How? Like, oh, most valuable primates? Ed? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of monkey movies out there. Yep. There definitely are. I mean, back in the day, they had to sit through Congo, which was actually a pretty decent movie. But, you know, Dunstan checks in. I mean, another great movie, but man, I have no bad examples. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, I, 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 I can see it as being a tough job, but nowadays with so many movies coming out, I don't even know how they keep up. I don't even, how do they have enough time in a week to watch the 15 movie releases that came out this week, getting ready for next week? Like, do you have a life outside of that? Probably not. Mm -mm, but I have a side, I have a side quest. Oh yeah. Take us away. Okay. Is there a movie that you would, that's so horrible that you rate all other movies by saying like at least it wasn't as bad as X. I I wish I would have to go back in deep thought and memory, but sadly I have one so quickly that comes to mind. Good. Uh, it's the unfortunate movie we saw together, uh, The Matrix Resurrections. Oof. <laughs> like to me, that is the latest bar that was set so high in terms of how shit it was. I. I I only made it halfway through the second time because I want to, you know, just like when you listen to a new song, you might hate it at first, but, you know, give it at least three listens. And if you don't like it mm -hmm. after three, you're done, right? Like spend some time. But with movies, I'm kind of the two, you know, give it two tries, right? 
Tried once, sucked ass. Tried the second time, I turned it off halfway through, so nothing can be worse than Matrix Resurrections in my book at this time. Mm-hmm. So That's bad. totally fair. So I, I've got I've got a response in my pocket ready to go. That has <laughs> been my go-to answer for many a years, but it's it's I think Kid Rock is in it. Oh, please no. Eric LaSalle from ER. Remember the movie Biker Boys? Oh, is that with the is that with the like the Tim Allen and or is that the run? No, that's Wild Hogs. I was totally off. Yeah, no, nope. no. Nope. So this is Biker. Biker. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you said the Tim Allen. <laughs> he's he's gained the title now. I think. Uh, so tell me about this Biker uh, Boys. Is it straight to DVD or did it release in theaters? No, no, this was in theaters, man. This was essentially Fast and the Furious, but on motorcycles. And it was like a, a black motorcycle gang versus a white motorcycle gang. And um, <laughs> I think Omar Epps or I don't know. I mean, it, oh just look it up. I mean, fact yeah. check me. I am. Um, I, I just Googled it. Biker Boys 2003 action drama. With a Z. Yes, with Biker a Z, Boys right? with a Z. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne's in this. Um, That's right. Uh, oh, my gosh. Orlando Jones, who was, you know, I'm surprised he's been off the map for a while. But, yeah, Biker Boys 2003, um, PG-13. It's almost two hours long, which somebody was really, uh, really trying to make this thing happen. 22% of Rotten Tomatoes to bring it back to the main quest. So what, what was your, right. so your, <laughs> would you go lower than 22%? Would you go like 1% with a turd on top of the smashed tomato? I mean, for me, I would say that this is pretty bottom of the barrel. I would say like an 8% is probably more accurate. Okay. <laughs> at least he gave them some points. I'm looking at some of the numbers here. Box office, 23 and a half million. The budget was 24 million. So Nobody probably got beat up in the back alley of Hollywood, but somebody definitely missed the mark on uh, making that one happen. Oh, Slick Will, the mechanic for a legendary motorcycle racer named Smoke. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's almost like this seems like a movie, though, Justin, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is it so bad that you have to, like, watch it? Almost. Okay, <laughs> because almost I would I would steer people away from Matrix Resurrection. So I want to know: Is it so bad that it, it's kind of good? No, it it almost it's almost so bad that it's kind of good, but it's just so confusing. I think like a movie like Joe Dirt is so bad that it's good. Yeah, you know, I, I think <laughs> something like you know a lot of those Adam Sandler you know mid movies were really awful but like little nicky is kind of a gem but yeah. not this one uh, even the fast and the furious movies like if you were to watch bad boys and then watch uh, i'm sorry biker boys not bad boys bad boys is a, a legit gem <laughs> yeah um but man like you if you were to do biker boys then fast and the furious like you'd you'd watch biker boys and you'd just be like oh, oh yeah somebody Somebody passed me the cyanide, and then you'd watch Fast and the Furious, and you'd be like, "Oh my goodness, yeah, is this the greatest movie ever made?" <laughs> it's so much better. How could that be? Oh my god, Kid Rock as dog with two G's, of course, man. The, I actually, see, I was right, Kid Rock. Yeah, it seems like I probably got to watch this at some point. I'm, I guarantee you, like this would be actually a good Hollywood tactic, right? Movies this bad. They should at least like pay you a couple bucks or give you some credit to your Netflix or whatever if you watch the movie and sit all the way through. Uh, you know, just it's got to be out there streaming somewhere. But if you make it through it, you actually get a couple of points, a couple of credits back, uh, just to help to promote the movie a little bit. It's probably not that big of a budget because probably ten people do it, but um, give me some credit to watch it, and I definitely will. Give me some time. I like this back. idea. But um, I gotta ask, going back to kind of the main quest, really quick. Besides Rotten Tomatoes, what? tends to draw you into going to see a movie what are some of the kind of the basic mm -hmm. formulas that that need to go through your brain that say you know what i'm gonna go see morbius opening night or whatever <laughs> the fuck it is can like. we <laughs> okay can we can we create like a a line to say separate comic book movies from the rest of cinema Yes, let's draw the line. Let's not. No, so comic book movies are out. We just know that formula tends to work with us unless it's like DC bullshit. 
safe to say for most part. Yeah, because I'm I'm all for like even Morbius. Like I haven't seen it yet, but I'm still kind of a little torqued to see it. Like I know it was like completely crashed and burned, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I still kind of want to watch it. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, let's put all the superhero and comic books aside, like actual movies, and let's go to the spectrum of, you know, like a musical or whatever like that, all the way to the spectrum of like, you know, a blockbuster like Independence Day. Like that is far sure. into that fun realm as we can go in, in terms of what, what draws you into those movies to go see them. Yeah, so for me, it's a mixture of a couple of different things. Obviously, if it's a musical, count me out. I hate musicals. Even to the point where, like, even Disney movies, like, I gotta say, I'm not excited to rewatch Aladdin anymore. Like, I used to be, but, like, as an adult, I'm kind of, like, done with that shit. Yeah, okay. I don't know. How do you feel about, like, <laughs> can you rewatch these childhood Disney movies? I mean, that's a quick I, side quest. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could. I gotta be almost like eating Chinese food. I gotta be in the mood for it. If if I okay. just <laughs> If I just come across it, uh, on the TV or something or on streaming or someone's watching it. I, I, I can't just fall right into it. I got to be in the mood for it. And I don't mind musicals. Like there's certain ones that I've watched before, like greatest showman. And uh, I don't know, like rent maybe way back in the day. And some other ones that like, again, I won't seek out per se, but some of them have actually landed some decent tunes and ended up in my Spotify. But I'm not like going opening night day one. Like I got to see musical, but I won't mm-hmm. necessarily turn it off. Like there are some that it's okay. like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I, there's some, there's some out there, but it's, you gotta, again, you, you just mate you, you may hate Chinese food and that's okay too. Right. Um, but you gotta have a, a taste for it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I respect, I respect that. So like beyond that for me, um, I would say like a big thing is who's writing, directing and producing a movie. I, I put a lot of stake into some of like my favorites, whether it be like anything from like Wes Anderson to the Coen brothers, like I'll see what they do. And I'm not saying that it's always going to be good, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll show up for that. Like a second tier would be like who the main actors are. Cause like, I'll always come out to see Bill Murray. Like I, I think he can't miss even when he misses. It's still funny. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I've I've recently become like I think John Hamm is becoming like an actor in that realm where it's like anytime he's in something, it's just kind of like he just has such a presence that he brings that like I'm kind of like oh okay I enjoy that. So it's not comedic, but at the same time he is comedic. In the same regard, Bill Murray is comedic, but then when he's serious, it's awesome. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I'm. Oh, definitely a lot of the same formula for me. It kind of starts with the, the marketing. It Well, let's say it starts with the subject matter. Like when I hear like Christopher Nolan is working on his next time-based movie, you know, something like that gets me a little bit excited. Like, okay, there's a little bit of buzz. Like some, I, I'm not a big fan of like starting from, you know, uh, like where they're just penning the script and they're shooting the movie. Like a lot of that stuff I try not to follow because I know I'm going to spoil it or look at behind the scenes pictures, videos, whatever the fuck it is. But it all kind of starts with what is the movie? Like what type of movie is it? Does it sound unique enough or fun enough or original enough uh, that it would get me into a theater? Next up is kind of the, like you mentioned, who's attached to it? If it's like a shit director that has done shit movies, then more often than not, I'm looking at the actors and usually there's at least one or two big ones. They're just looking for a paycheck. You know, I'm probably not going to go see it, but if it's got a good director, good producer, good track record, and of course the cast, you know, um, I don't always need all stars. I don't always need a listers. That's definitely not the case. I like the people that are kind of up and coming and haven't been in too much. And then they really tend to like shine through almost like what's his name and like baby driver like that. I don't think that was Mm -hmm. his first movie ever, but that's the first time I've ever seen that guy in a movie. And like, I thought he killed it without saying really anything, you know, like that to me was, was a great production. Um, but outside of that, it really falls down to the trailers. I'm a big 
trailer watcher and I'm guilty of it. I know Justin, you're pretty, you're probably better at it than I am. I, I know there's some people out there that say like, I'm only watching the first trailer and that's it. You know, I don't want anything else done with it. I know there's also times where you're on the flip side of that where you're like, I just want it all spoiled. I don't care. I've read everything in the background. That's cool too. Mm-hmm. But, but for me, it really comes down to the trailer. If the, tr- if the trailer gives away the whole plot, then I'm not excited anymore. Like I just watched the whole movie. What was the, you know, like, I get it. They need to sell tickets and get people. And I think they just think the audiences are so dumb that they can't piece two things together. Like, I love the teasers to movies and maybe that first intro trailer. But if it shows too much, a lot of times I'm just like, well, I just saw the whole fucking movie. So I'm just going to wait now until it comes out on Netflix. But like you mentioned, the people that are attached to it, the 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 trailer is big, how much they give away. Um, and just the subject matter. If it's like an interesting you know, any kind of movie, to be honest, I could care less what it is. Like I'm, I'm still in that musical realm to animate it to whatever. The only thing I guess animated, I'm not into anime. So basically anything, (laughs) but anime, I will go sit down and watch the movie. Like I would actually like to go see the Elvis movie. Um, okay. That's a great, that's a, that's a great, I was going to bring up something else as like a side quest, but I yeah. think the Elvis movie is an even better one. Cause Boz, we talked about this, I think last episode or two episodes ago, um, like Boz Lerman, I, I don't think he can miss. Right. So for, and I, and I'm not the biggest fan musically of Elvis. And I know very little about the, the lead guy was like a Disney actor or something. I think you're right. Yeah, Austin, um, Austin Butler, I think is his name. And it's got Tom Hanks in it, but it's just the fact that like what what Boz Lerman has done with like his body of work over the years. Like I know, and I haven't seen the Elvis movie, but I know, or at least I think, I hope that I'll like it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I I feel like I'm hoping it didn't miss the mark. I've heard some good things about it, but... You know, with the, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, the Elton John movie, where it's kind of like that mix of musical and, you know, like, drama and stuff like that. Like, it seems like that's the next one in line here is Elvis. And I think it's a good shakeup, you know, in terms of different artists we've seen. Because, to be honest, I can't remember an Elvis movie that has really come out that I've ever cared about. You know, it's like a guy that I knew existed, super famous, you know, great musician. But would I ever go watch a movie of him, like, leading up to 2022? Probably not. I'd probably give two shits. But seems like it was really well done. And like you said, Boz Lerman, like, he's got a good track record. Um, great Gats. I mean, like, come on, man. He's He's got the track record behind him. And why not? Let's go get it. Romeo and Juliet. Jesus, yeah. I forgot he did that. Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Great Gatsby. Yeah, he's... he's He's he's, uh, he's the real he's the real deal. And yeah. He's dealt with some big actors, some big material. Like you said, Romeo and Juliet. Like, who you, how how did he pull that off? I bite. Like it was you, like sir. on paper. <laughs> on paper, John Leguizamo is playing like a Capulet and freaking <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. It's just like. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Jamie Kennedy. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? No, but I do bite my thumb, sir. Just the quick sir? movements. Oh my god, so good. Oh, get my long sword. <laughs> so good. Well, you know, I, I think we want to hear from everybody else out there, too. Hit us up at Pod. What gets you to see a movie? doesn't even have to be in the theater, but, you know, what are some of your quick little formulas and, and special secret sauces that gets you to watch a movie like is it word of mouth do you just trust your best friend jose to say go see this movie and he's like the guinea pig of everything or you know is it the is it just that it's got to be ryan gosling i don't care what the fuck it is but he'll play ken in the next barbie movie and i'm gonna go see it uh so let us know what you think at sidequest pod so let's move on to our next one of our newer segments that we have out there so don't get too spooked out there ladies and gentlemen but we're gonna we're gonna touch on a little spooky segment right now as the moon climbs high over the dead oak tree. Spooks arrive for the midnight freak. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Start to shriek and harmonize. When we don't start to socialize. All right. So for those of you that haven't listened to the Cyquist podcast much, or maybe for the first time here, um, we love Spooktober. We love all things spooky. And we thought we'd try to incorporate some spooky things throughout the year just to keep our little black flame candle alive here see what i did there justin 
Um, oh, yeah. And so we found this creepy story that who knows if it's bullshit or not, but I just love these like little weird paranormal stories. There is a man that claims there's a, he has a 119-year-old haunted doll. He apparently says it blinks, it throws itself off the shelves, and most, uh, I guess, scarily or shockingly, it gives people chest pains. So if you're in the same room as this 119-year-old doll, uh, apparently it's haunted, very haunted. It gives you chest pains, and it seems like it blinks and moves around, and I, I don't know what to think. Like, this is this person just looking for attention? Is it real? The doll's name is Janet. So that's already scary enough. Sorry for all the Janets out there, but oh boy. Um, Justin, I posted <laughs> a picture of this bad boy in our chat, and like the doll's like cross eyed. It's basically like the Chuck E. Cheese where like one of the eyes is half open, it's cross eyed. Definitely looks 119 years old, but I don't know, man. What do, what do you think about this story? Would you spend the night with this creepy doll? Oh, yeah. I'd be fine with that. I'm uh, not worried. <laughs> Do you believe in that stuff, though? I'm just curious. Like, how far into that paranormal world does do you actually believe in that type of uh, spookiness? I do. I really do. Um, there's, I, I've encountered a number of like things that I can't explain during my days of spooking. Um, but no, like, I mean, I, I don't, I think as humans, like, we don't have like a full grasp of the entirety of the world, whether it be supernatural or subnatural or uh, extraterrestrial around us. So I'm all about possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I would go, you know, I, I do tend to believe in like, when it's dark out and you're in a, you know, you're in any kind of house, like there's going to be noises. Your house is, house is like breathing in and out, like floorboards are cracking and shit's happening. But like, I do tend to believe that like sh- places where shit has gone down and like murders have happened that there, I've seen some shows and videos where it's like, I can't explain it. So that's what's scary about it. You know, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Is it doctored? I don't know. Is there actually like a warm handprint on the wall? Who knows? But when you hear like door slamming and see them slamming and like, it seems to be legitimate. I don't know what that is, but it's freaky, but it, like inanimate objects though, that's kind of where I draw the line. Like, Oh, Hey, Justin, you want to go garage sale shopping with me? Cool, bro. Hop in my, uh, Volkswagen bug. I'll be in the sunroof, uh, peeking out. And what do we do? We go there, we grab some, I don't know, some, uh, old wig with a gorilla mask and we mess around with it, we wear it, we take pictures with it, and then you set it down in the basement, and what? At night, this thing's haunted, and all of a sudden your house is cursed, and, you know, portals are opening up to the nether realms. Like, I just I just don't believe the, the inanimate objects being haunted story. It just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so you, first of all, what I'm hearing is that you should never read an R.L. Stein book. <laughs> Which, maybe that's why, you know, I enjoyed reading them, but I wasn't too spooked by them growing up. Like, the haunted mask and the and the doll, uh, what's his name, Peppy? Um, like, Peppy. Yeah. I, I never really was too afraid of those. And I just, I, I don't know, I just was never afraid of the inanimate objects being haunted. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. coming to life is a different story, though. Like, if that doll came to life, fuck yeah, I'd be afraid. But this doll just seems to sit there and give you chest pain. Like, just take a Tums. Well, yeah, and... I was going to say, like, so the eyes are moving, the head is twitching, chest pains, and it's just passing out some cocaine party favors. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, that's scary. If that shit's happening and there's documented video evidence of that and somebody can send it to SideQuest Pod, I will happily watch it and, you know, redact my statement. But honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen it before or if anybody's ever captured it before. It's just, I, I've seen stuff move. It's tough. You know, like, maybe ghosts have knocked shit over or off a shelf and maybe it was, like, somebody's dolly growing up and... But, like, fuck, 120 years old and the doll's still there and it's haunted? Like, how old is that ghost? Like, you, you're probably upgraded to something bigger than a dolly now. Like, go out and... <laughs> so there's a really funny meme that I, I saw a little while ago, and it was talking about how ghost movies typically have, like, this English Victorian age ghost. Whoa. <laughs> um but like, what happens to somebody that died in like 2003 or 2005, and they're just like, 
I'm going to haunt you with Britney, bitch. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, can you imagine like a, it almost seems like a scary movie level situation, oh, but yeah. it's like, we are so fucked. Like, when we, when we die, we're going to have the worst or no, when we get older, we are going to have the worst ghosts haunting us. And then when we die, and if that's the next level is like, you have to haunt for a thousand years. Like we're going to be the worst fucking ghosts ever. We're just like, there's going to be videos of some kid dabbing behind the church choir. Like that's going to be the future. And it's not even going to be scary anymore. It's just going to be sad. Like, ugh, got that kid's yep. back again. God. Ugh. Why'd you have to say dabbing? <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's what I think kids do these days. It's like Fortnite dances and dabbing. Like, I, I don't know what they're yeah, up to. Well, but, and they do the Macarena. Yeah, exactly. God, this, I, I sent some pictures, so we'll post them online. Uh, you got to see this doll. It's super creepy. I guess I'm even more creeped out that um, a full-grown man decided that this was a good purchase and is, like, sporting it at his home. Like, I have questions about him and his past and where he's going, and if there were any red flags, it would probably be this guy. Like, okay, what's next? You know, stop it, stop him, send him straight to jail. Thank you. I think he's in the UK, so send mm-hmm. send the bobbies, come get him, and put him in the gulag. I don't know how it works over there. Um, so yeah, let's well, that's close <laughs> enough. Yeah, so that's close enough. Let us know if you guys got any spooky segments or stories. Let us know. Hit us up. We'll go investigate. We'll do a little little spooking and ghouling. Um, but let's let's go back to some main quests here. I got some other fun ones for us. As the moon climbs high. Oh God, I totally pressed the spooky one. So uh, Jeff, edit that out. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's the main quest noise. I found it. Oops, I made a mistake. Everybody come after me. Pitchforks and such. But, uh, Justin, I want to get back to movies. We just love movies here. Sometimes we like to get heavy on the movie topics, but a lot of our listeners, some of our most listened to episodes, really revolve around all things movies. So the next question I want to ask you, it doesn't have to be a long one. Ooh, oops. Uh, What was your most disappointing movie in 2022? I know we talked about some stinkers in terms of, like, the bar was set so high, but I got to play fair that Matrix Resurrections was in December. So that was in 2022. So mm-hmm. I got to choose another one. But so far this year, we're about seven months in. What what were some of the most, like the worst movie, the most disappointing movie? Any that come to mind for you? I'm going to say the more that I think about it, the more disappointed I am with the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. I I know it's coming to streaming or i think in july or it's already streaming and i've i don't even know and i have no interest in watching it again i i don't know just yeah i'm i'm hoping that marvel has like politely bows out soon because like i have not watched moon knight i have not watched black widow i've not watched Eternals. i've not watched not watching miss marvel or saw multi and it's just like i don't yeah. know I'm just yeah, sort of depresses me. It is kind of bumming me out. I kind of, you know, uh, uh, so this weekend we're definitely going to see uh, the new movie, which we will talk about soon. But Thor, mm-hmm. like, uh, for me, that's kind of my last hope. You know, like we already did the Spider-Man. We already did um, ca- uh, Multiverse of Madness. This to me is kind of like the last hope. Like don't play with my heartstrings. But we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But what I do want to bring up is I actually have two. It was kind of a tie between two of them. And I think you saw the second one, but I'll, I'll find out very soon. The first one was Death on the Nile. I had higher hopes for it because of uh, Murder on Orient Express. I did enjoy that movie. It wasn't like my favorite movie mm-hmm. ever, but I enjoyed the premise. And it was cool, like kind of the clue, mystery, who done it. I enjoy those types of movies, if done well. And I think Murder on Orient Express did well. I think Knives Out did a fantastic job. And this one, being the follow-up to uh, Murder on Orient Express, I thought, you know, they were going to kind of ride, you know, ride into something bigger and better and more exciting. But the the actors were so bland, except for the main detective. I forget his name. Um, Gal, Gal Gadot can't act. Uh, you know, I, I would much rather watch, like, An Ear of Corn for two hours. Oh, so that I'll let you finish. Then it reminded me of a movie that I watched this (laughs) year that I wasn't crazy about. But I mean, honestly, there's not much more to be said about death on the Nile because it, it, 
you figured out the mystery so quickly. It wasn't that exciting. It was so, it really wasn't believable. And I get that's kind of the premise of it, but save yourself a watch. It wasn't fun. It was bland. And Army Hammer hasn't been uncanceled yet, so it was tough to watch that guy. I mean, according to like mainstream people, like I could give two shits what he, I don't even know what he does. But anyways, uh, yeah, Death on the Nile, definitely skip it. Forget it. And let's watch that era corn together, Justin. What, what movie were you going to talk about? Yep. I was gonna, I was gonna throw down Red Notice. Ooh, <laughs> um, that—that's what it was called, right? I Am I, so. I, yes, I yes, be... yes, with uh, the Rock and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yep, Ryan, yeah, that one. Oh, man, shit. was I excited to watch that! I don't. What did they come out like March or something like that? I don't even. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely, and it They hyped it up way too much. I mean. I guess that's the thing. Like, that's The Rock's thing, though. Like, he hypes it up. He he has, like, a 100-day release party. Like, every day since 100, he is, like, promoting it. And it's all up your face and in your butt. And you think <laughs> it's going to be this big action movie. And then it just turns out to be, like, okay, this is, like, literally none of this would ever happen. Even him walking into a room grabbing a little champagne off of a butler's thing is, like, The Rock would never do that. Stop. Stop trying to make it believable. I don't get it. Second I don't know. One. So yeah, because Gal Gadot yeah. was in that. I, I think. Yeah. I, I don't. She, she I mean, to the point where I just don't. I don't remember. Like, I just remember like watching the movie and being like, "Yeah," and then it ending and being like, "Oh, uh, yeah." It was a bummer. The second second one, I think yep. you may have seen this. Uh, Spiderhead. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. It, Chris Hemsworth just came out. Maybe weeks ago. Maybe a month ago. No. Um, so I won't give anything away. It's Chris Hemsworth. It's Miles Teller. Basically, people are hooked up to this like new futuristic drug that's supposed to change like things that you do, right? Like there's a happy drug, and you just become super happy. And Chris Hemsworth is kind of the scientist that's taking notes, and it all takes place on this island, uh, and it's very mysterious, like what's going on. And it sounded like a very cool premise seemed like a decent trailer when we watched it. We, we kind of turned it off halfway because we were kind of sold in the first uh, 30 seconds or minute and we didn't want too much to be spoiled. So we watched it and sure enough, I was just, I was left very disappointed. Like the ice cream melted before I got to eat it. The fridge has turned off and all my food is spoiled. It was just like mm-hmm. a sad end. And this is not a spoiler because you will see it in the trailer. Chris Hemsworth, don't do an American accent. Um, he was an American accent the whole time, and it just, you could tell it was very painful for him to do that. And, <laughs> which, quick side quest, it makes me worried about him playing Hulk Hogan, because uh, yeah, that's such an iconic voice. How is he gonna, I mean, maybe he's gonna go real over the top with it, but him speaking normal American English doesn't doesn't do it for me. Sorry, sorry, Chris, I know you're listening, I know you're 6'3 and like 400 pounds and can kill me in one punch, but don't do so, please. That's fair. Um, I was really worried there for a second that you were going to have some negativity to throw towards Maverick. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I w- I thought you did. Weren't you I, going we last were, week or something? We were supposed to. Plans changed. Then we had to go out of town. And so we are still going to see it. And again, it, I'm surprised. Everybody that I've talked to has said nothing but good things. And I don't know. Now I'm a little bit scared that everybody's going to let me down. Like everybody I know and love has said, you have to go see it, see it in theaters. It's so great. And I'm worried that it's just going to be like, not good at all. <laughs> it's, see, and I knew nothing going into the movie. I never watched a trailer for it. I knew Jack shit. I just knew it was a sequel to Top Gun. Yep. And I was like, all right, whatever. Let's fucking do this. And then I was just kind of like, holy shit. And it was good. You liked it? Yeah, I thought it was. I will, I don't want to. It's just, it's. I get what you're saying because there's many times where movies and you listen to like you know back to our first main quest when we we're talking about like Rotten Tomatoes and um, how easy it is to get over hype a movie then you watch it and you're just kind of like, really? Yeah. Did we see the same movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited. You know, I'll be honest. Above nothing else, like recently on a plane ride home. I watched Ambulance, the L.A., the Michael Bay movie. Like, I can't not watch a Michael Bay movie, but two things. I watched it on my phone, so I didn't really get the full theatrical experience. 
Um, but two, it actually wasn't terrible. And three, that just goes to show you that I will watch basically any piece of shit action movie. Give me guns, give me explosions, and, and for Top Gun Maverick, give me fighter jets. Give me stupid, you know, I wish they were girls, but give me the beach scenes, you know, that they're just having a party, having a good time, and like, just the no, like the nonsense storyline. Like, once again, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, I, honestly, I don't even remember the Top Gun storyline. Like, wasn't it like fake Top Gun fights, then it turned into somebody coming across the borders and it was a real fight. Like, how did that shit happen? Didn't that, like, start a war? I, I guess I never really cared or paid attention to the first movie's plot. I don't know if you ever did, but I still have no clue what that first movie's about, just that they were fi- flying jets around and all of a sudden it got real. Kind of like... this way. <laughs> Keep that mindset. Okay. <laughs> Keep Sounds the good. mindset of, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but who cares because this is awesome. Yeah. And I'd almost America. rather watch uh, America. Happy, happy America Week. Um, I'd almost rather watch Behind Enemy Lines with Gene Hackman and Owen Wilson. Now that, <laughs> now that's a little gem. <laughs> if you want to see Owen Wilson be a serious action, like his one and only attempt at being a serious action star, watch that movie. And uh, you know what? It wasn't terrible, but it's not great. <laughs> and he is—he uh, does a, a pretty, <laughs> a pretty fun job at that movie, and makes Gene Hackman look really good. So uh, shout out to there Owen Wilson. Go. We know you're out there. But our last little side quest of the day, we we gave you a little appetizer about 45 seconds ago times three. I think that's like four minutes. Um. We want to talk a little bit about Thor Love and Thunder. So it was released officially this week. We haven't seen it yet as of this recording. So what I want to do is just some quick fire off some thoughts about maybe plot predictions, how we think the movie's going to do. Uh, you know, is it going to be a stinker like, you know, Marvel uh, Multiverse of Madness? Like, are we really hyping this movie up and... Please, fingers crossed, take it with TD, don't do it to us. But could it be a complete shit show? Terrible movie, terrible pacing. The plot doesn't make sense. Gore is the worst villain ever. Just didn't make, you know. What are your thoughts, Justin? Like, what are we going to do when we walk out of that theater? Is it going to be happy, sad, somewhere in between? I got to know. I got to know all about it. Somewhere in between. I think definitely somewhere in between. I I think there's going to be moments where we're going to be probably like almost clapping but i think overall we're going to be underwhelmed i think ragnarok captured something very special for the time that it came out but only because of what james gunn had previously captured with some of the guardians material so people were like super thirsty for that i think christian bale is going to i think he's going to be excellent my fear is if he's not killing people, he's the god killer, butcher, whatever. If he's not butchering gods throughout the entire movie, what the, what's the point of having him? Right. And I think that's going to be the... I, I think Jane is going to die. Mm. I don't think Thor is going to die. I, I mean, there, there needs to be some stakes, and Marvel keeps doing this with their movies and even, you know, people just, they, they come to black Panther and they say Killmonger was the greatest villain, but the stakes were so low. Like right. nothing really happens in black Panther claw claw dies. And that was disappointing because he was a really cool villain and that's about it. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to curb my expectations. The trailers make it look cool. They make it look fun. Like, this is a summertime movie. You got to deliver the summertime goods. Like, it has to be upbeat, energetic, fun, but also you got to do service to Gore the God Butcher. I've only learned about him because of this movie, but like you said, and like we've talked about in the past, like, he needs to just be ruthless. He needs to be out there butchering gods because, you know, Spoiler warning if nobody knows about God, Gore the God Butcher, but his entire family was killed and he's out for revenge, you know. So I know they tend to, you know, make people that way in terms of villains or somehow there's a connection to the main antagonist or protagonist, I should say. But he seems like a guy with nothing to lose. He's just on a vengeful, bloodthirst hunt and he seems like he's got the power, the magic, and the, the uh, weapons to do so. Um, but I, here's what I'll say. Uh, 
if Thor doesn't die in this movie, then I feel like they really missed a good turning point in phase four. Because, Mm -hmm. like you said, we need some stakes here. Every single new hero they've introduced in in phase four and all the movies, like the only person they've killed off, Multiverse of Madness, spoiler, is Wanda. Like, supposedly, right? She was a little red piece of dust, right? Yeah, Um, she's not dead. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) so like, we really need some stakes here. If, If we end this movie with gore defeating Thor and that's it and roll credits. Holy shit. Everybody just sat up straight in their chair being like, wow, Kevin Feige's not fucking around. We just turned a corner. Now Gore's going to team up with, let's say Kang or whoever else. And all of a sudden shit just got real, you know, like all these little shows and movies and stuff were introduced to a lot of new superheroes. And of course they're going to live like Moon Knight's not going to die. The first uh, season of the show, Miss Marvel's not going to die. You know, She-Hulk's probably just going to be a, a, a comedy relief. But like that needs to happen, and I I so look forward to that. But again, I'm trying to curb my expectations. But if they don't do something that dramatic, you know, like Jane dying, okay, I think mm. that serves its purpose for the story. But I want to see Thor die. I mean, how many movies does that guy have left? I mean, I'm sure he signed up for a million more. But w- we need some stakes here. We need to get rid of some of these OP you know, level superheroes. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, if, I don't know. I, I hope that you're right. I hope that they know what they're doing. I fear that they don't or that they misunderstand the material that they're working with or they misunderstand what the audience wants because, you know, they're just getting, everything's getting so convoluted. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. And I I'm, think, oh, sorry, go ahead. I should say I'm ready to pull the plug. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Like, this is kind of my last Hail Mary with Marvel. Again, like, we talk this shit, but we're going to watch every single thing that comes out Marvel, so not saying that. Like, it's just more so losing hope and losing steam. Like, by this point in each phase, you know, after these shows and these movies, we were at least getting this nice little treat to shut us up called a team-up, right? Like, they all team up, they all assemble, they get to Avengers, right? The first four or five movies lead up to Avengers. The next round leads up to, you know, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Then you got a whole bunch of movies. So, like, right now in Phase 4, we haven't had a team-up, and I feel like we need a little bit of a taste of that uh, sometime soon would be great. We know it's probably not going to happen this year, obviously, because all we really have left is, what, Wakanda Forever and... She-Hulk, and I think that's it for the rest of the year. Maybe there's one thing I'm missing. Shame on me, but, you know, we need some kind of team up here soon. Like, is it the Young Avengers? Is it, like, a couple of these guys and gals showing up in each other's shows? Because right now, like, no one's showing up in each other's shows yet. Um, And that's a little bit scary, too, you know? Yeah, and the little... Because I'm pretty sure it's confirmed that Mark Ruffalo is going to be in She-Hulk. Yes, um, I think it was in the, the original teaser trailer that, that they did. But there's, again, without there being, like, any level of stakes of, like, okay, so, yeah, we get Hulk, and he's going to say something funny, and then he's going to turn big and green, and then She-Hulk's going to say something. What's what's the point? Yeah, I, I just, agree. Well, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And I know Ant-Man 3 is coming next year, I believe, and Kang is supposed to be the big bad in that, so maybe they have this big arcing plan and i mean now with i don't know yeah loki season two is in production yep and there's like this echo series now is spinoff from hawkeye but they're also going to be filming hawkeye season two like where are they going with all this stuff what's happening i know i know the marvels is happening at some point with captain marvel and uh, miss marvel and what's her face photon or phasm or whatever the fuck it is Uh, doesn't matter yeah yeah i mean like we got to start building towards something. The problem is right now, like years and years ago, we were building towards the infinity saga. And right now we are all in a, on a different base, running a different direction, wondering what the fuck and who's at bat. And Oh my God, my parents aren't even at the stadium. Like that's how panicked we are with where the direction's going. And we just need someone to come like a little tour guide saying, you know what? All right, come on kids, come this way. I'll show you the way. Here's the home plate. Go touch the base and feel proud. Um, I yeah. don't know. We need something. Give us a little bit of something, please. Marvel needs. We need something because, like, even so, like as you were mentioning, talking about Phase One and Phase Two and Phase Three, 
I I own we own most of those movies on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, I mean I watch them multiple like, times I, a year. I, yeah, it's like I I look at these new movies that are coming out, and it's like not only do I have no interest in seeing them, but let alone going out of my way to buy them. And <laughs> right. Like, right, we were yeah. so hopeful. Like Black Widow could give two shits about Multiverse of Madness. You went in the dumps. I hate you forever. I'm never watching you again. Spider-Man: No Way Home. I actually really, really enjoyed, and I did watch it again on a plane ride out, not coming back, but out somewhere. And, you know, it's it's different when you know all that happens and you expect the big kind of reveal and all that with the three Spider-Men, but it was still fun to watch, but it, it made me appreciate more of being in the theater to see that live for the first time and mm-hmm. not have it get spoiled. But anyways... You know, Phase 4 right now is crap in the bed on, on every front, and uh, I, I just hope I hope they have some some tricks up their sleeve because it's going to take take a little bit of a miracle here to get us back on track. So, uh, Marvel, you owe it to us. This is episode 141. We've made 14 cents off this podcast, so listen to us. We don't care if you're a billion-dollar yeah. mouse house. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, we didn't make any money, so I didn't pocket that 14 cents, Justin. Don't worry about it. Um so anyways, well, we got to go pay the bills because the lights are turned off now. So Marvel, please send help. But ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We're so happy to be back. We're definitely going to get back on the track here of releasing weekly episodes, whether it's a combination of two of us, three of us, or with a guest. We hope to have uh, a guest in the next episode or the one after that. So we definitely want to spice it up a little bit. So we appreciate everybody hanging in there, listening to some of our older episodes now that you've caught up. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. Hopefully you saw it by now. Uh, let us know all the spooky things happen in your life, rotten tomatoes, disappointing movies. We want to hear it all. Throw it over the fence. We will catch it. We will fall. We will probably miss. We will probably tumble and uh, end up with a boo-boo and then go cry home. So, mm. so with all that, Justin, I mean, what should we do? I mean... Do we just end it in a moment of silence because of how sad Marvel is? Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's appropriate. Okay, let, how about yeah. this? How about we just you know like Gore Gore the God Butcher is killing both of us, and we just don't really care. You know, it's just like eh, you know what? It's it's been a good run, right? So here I am, I'm Gore the God Butcher, and uh, your name Justin and Eric. Here you go. Here's your knives to the back of the head. <laughs> Oh. A little harder next time.